Hi everybody and welcome to the Skills Pod. I'm Emma and I'm one of the Academic Skills Advisors here at the University of Chester and I'm joined by my colleague. Hi, I'm Tony and I'm a Senior Academic Skills Advisor as part of the Academic Skills team. Hello everyone. Hi Tony. Um, and today we are going to discuss literature reviews, which we've seen a lot of them, haven't we, come through um, mm -hmm. in our feedback service we've had a lot of literature reviews so we thought that this would be quite a useful episode to put out quite timely quite timely and i think as well it's something that a lot of students will come across at some point in in their university career be that just for a standalone assignment but typically for a dissertation um that's where we see that reviews and and often they're quite scary. I think a lot of mm -hmm. students yeah. get quite quite scared by them. Um, I mean, today I've done three ones for for my my own degrees, but I've done them as part of my old role as well as a research assistant. And it's always something that, yeah, I remember my first ever one took a while to get my head around. And and hopefully in this podcast we can kind of shed some light and, and not make it seem as scary as it might seem initially um to you as students i genuinely thought you just said i've just done three today i've just done three, done three today three. yeah wow <laughs> done three I mean, literature reviews today i was an efficient research assistant but i don't think i was that efficient unfortunately yeah <laughs> so yeah so literature reviews for me are also were also a little scary but from my background which is uh english literature and creative writing i don't know if i mentioned that before um, but particularly with creative writing, so my research um, for my PhD was practice-based research um, and, and my master's as well. Um, and we do something called the state of the art, which is essentially a literature review, but you're situating your creative practice within the existing field of, of, art, of art. So it's called the state of the art, essentially, rather than a literature review. Yeah. I like that. Because that sounds, yeah, but that sounds less scary, doesn't it, than a review of the literature? Um, looking at the state of the art yeah looking at the state of the art yeah and, and i guess probably what we should kind of mention here is is this podcast is not about systematic literature mm -hmm. reviews yeah. this is about narrative and, and i think that's important to kind of note because systematic literature reviews are something that's very very different i would say to to a mm -hmm. standard narrative literature review it's something that's very discipline specific and basically you're looking at the entirety of the literature on a particular topic and it's what we would call secondary research. So typically your entire dissertation would be based around that systematic review. What we're talking about today is on narrative literature reviews, which we'll go into a little bit more depth in a little bit about what they are. Um, but if you are after systematic reviews, then this is not what we're, we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and systematic reviews are also systematic in that you have to be able to replicate the search, don't you? I said, yes, we said yeah. we weren't going to talk about them, and now I'm like, let's add that. And now we are, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about um, using Prisma, and what I would say okay. is talk, talk to the library team if you've been given a systematic literature review, because they're the go-to people, because it is all about your search strategies. Narrative is is a bit different. So should we talk about narrative then? Uh, on, then. What they are. But first, but first, should we talk about the purpose of a literature review? Like, why do we need to do literature reviews? Yeah. What are they? Tell me some things. Yeah. So when you're doing a dissertation, you've got to kind of think about that. You're not writing for for your supervisor. You're not even necessarily writing for your field. You're writing for the general academic um, population. 
So what a literature review should do is it should have the ability to give your reader enough background information about your topic, where it sits, what's been done before, and it should also help them to then make sense of your results and discussion. So when you think about it, imagine you talk to somebody who isn't in your field and you eventually want to talk through your results and discussion. And obviously, before we can do that, we have to tell them why are we doing the study that we're doing? What's in the field? What's been done before? What background information do they need in order to make sense of that results and discussion that you're going to present later on? Um, so a lit review is, if you want to think about it, it's almost like you're giving a lecture on your chosen topic to to your reader so we're not covering everything we're covering the the key points that you need your reader to know in order to make sense of your results and discussion so for me i often see a literature review is like that it's like that that helping hand it's like a like a lecture that you're giving um to and it's almost a little bit like a story you're kind of setting up and as as a published author yourself i'm sure you you know you well know um emma about setting that up and how important that background information is mm -hmm. for the rest of your story with a dissertation you are essentially going here's everything that's out there this is how it's been carried out this is blah 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 and you're bringing it down to that, this is my gap. This is the gap that my research addresses. So the literature misses this, or there's a key thing that needs developing or building on, and this is where my study fits in. And that's a really good point, is to make sure that, yeah, your literature review does cover that gap, because there's no point in you doing research, which is kind of being done to death, because the idea mm -hmm. is your dissertation is you are contributing to, to new knowledge. Um, as it were so yeah I think that's really vital because otherwise you want your reader to carry on reading the rest of your dissertation so the whole idea is you present the gap and they go oh well I want to find out how you're going to fill that gap and then hopefully they would read your methods and then your results and discussion and so forth so yeah not having a gap is not a good uh, not a good not a good start for your lit review that's for sure so in terms of kind of approaching your literature review, it's really important, isn't it, that you know what you're looking for, that you know, essentially, I guess, what your question is. And that, I guess, also the, the kind of caveat to that is your question might develop once you've done the reading or some reading, because it might be that you find heartbreakingly that your kind of question has been addressed and, and it isn't there isn't a gap there for you to fill. Um, and that is is kind of part of of the research journey, I guess. Is yeah, having to kind of swerve and you know change your process. Yeah, and I think it's important as well. I mean, for any PhD students are listening, we, you know, you'll know that we live in that perpetual fear of someone writing about our very niche kind of mm -hmm. um, subject. <laughs> but what I would say for those who do an undergrad and, and masters particularly. You know, you can always, even if someone has written about your particular topic, there, there's always an angle you can take that they haven't. So thinking about your population or you know, your particular way you're doing things. So there's always a gap you can find. Um, but yeah, you're right. And one thing I will say is your research um, kind of question. Some people have it locked in before they start but you know as you said there emma it probably is going to change based on the literature um that you kind of find but it is important that you have an idea about what it is you want to do 
and how you're going to do it. Because when we talk about narrative lit reviews, there are a couple of ways you can kind of go about it. You can, depending on your topic, you can talk about it in a kind of a chronological kind of order. So, you know, you talk about the very early research and you talk about them as in when and research has come out to present day. That can be quite difficult to do. And it really does depend on um, your subjects. Most people will group them by theme or mm-hmm. what we would recommend. And, and certainly all of my, my lit reviews have always been um, what we call the funnel effect. So if I can take you through this, this idea of this funnel. So the idea is we need to start broad. And then every section in our lit review gets progressively closer towards our part of that gap that we're, we're going to eventually kind of um, talk about for, for our reader. So if I can talk you through my master's dissertation. Please do. <laughs> Oi! <laughs> uh, so, um, so my master's dissertation, which I did in 2014, I'm going to sound old now, 2014. Let's not date myself, I know. Um, I'm only going grey enough as it is. Um, so when I did my master's, um, my master's, I was creating um, an innovative, I can't have to say that word, happily, in, in, innovative. I'm going to go with that anyway. Um, um, carbon offset scheme for, for airports, because people have carbon offset of flights before, but not necessarily airports it was a great project i really loved it a bit of an av geek so any of the fellow av geeks out there hello um <laughs> so so what i did is so that's basically my niche was the carbon offsetting of of airports so think about the funnel and this is something i recommend that you do is sketch out a funnel on on your page but start from your thing so your very niche topic so in my case it was carbon offsetting of airports that's the very bottom of my funnel So then you need to work backwards from that. So before I talk about the carbon offsetting of airports, I need to talk about the carbon offsetting of flights. But before I talk about that, I need to talk about what the carbon offsetting is. Like, what is carbon offsetting? Before I talk about that, I have to talk about, well, what are the challenges in relation to, um, you know, carbon is there and what kind of things are there in terms of, like you know technology or whatever it might be and then above all of that i need to talk about carbon in general like global warming why why is it an issue so when you think about it my reader starts off reading about global warming and climate change the carbon industry then it moves on to how that's impacting aviation then they then learn about the different ways that the aviation industry is trying to tackle carbon and one of those is carbon offsetting. Then I talk about what carbon offsetting is, then carbon offsetting of flights. And then finally, we get to the bottom of that funnel, the bottom of our lit review, which is all about carbon offsetting of airports, in which there was very little out there, hence my gap. And then that's the take home message from my lit review. So now my reader has enough information to make sense of my results and discussion. That was a really good demonstration of the funnel effect in action. In action, yeah, and it's a shame that people couldn't actually see my my funnel with my hands mm-hmm. that I was making. Um, so yeah, I think with that, and again, something that I always kind of used as my yardstick, as it was, was a family member who wasn't part of my field or didn't know that field, and and thinking to myself, if I explain this in this order, would they understand? Because a lot of students, I think, make the critical error here of assuming their reader's knowledge 
and their readers' prior knowledge and not going back to basics. Um, so my advice in terms of that is if you know what you want to do, then try and sketch out that funnel. I say draw it out broad into narrow, but in terms of your planning, go from your very niche bit and work backwards and build that funnel up and then use those headings that you've got to then be as part of your search strategy now and of course this funnel may change um, as you um, as you read another good way so as you said like starting with your kind of gap or your niche and then moving backwards is to kind of ask what questions do people need answering Mm-hmm. in order to kind of understand this topic or to kind of get to, to this point that I'm at. So that's another way is what, what questions might you need to answer or what, what what questions might, you know, as you said, a family member or or somebody have about about this topic. Yeah, and, and a good thing with that, Jeremy, you mentioned is is those questions because you at that point aren't going to be an expert in that field that you don't yet know so whatever questions you have about well what about this your reader is also probably going to have those questions so yeah see if you can answer them in your lit review i guess that's a good kind of point to start with isn't it is being curious asking the questions what do i need to know what do i need to find out and and therefore you you know those are likely the questions that your reader is going to have as well yeah, and, and I think with literature reviews as well, they do say of two purposes, as I've mentioned, it's for your reader's benefit, but actually it's also for you as a researcher because you're exploring that field of literature. You're trying to get a good sense of what's going on. Um, but actually that can really, really help inform your methodology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to see how people have done what they've done, how have they done it. Are you going to use some of those methods that they've talked about in your particular field? Have they given you some questions that you might want to address in? Have they found some pitfalls? So things that didn't work, so therefore you might want to change in your methodology. And don't forget as well that your literature review, you're going to come back to in your discussion. There should be a nice kind of common thread between your literature review and your discussion where you are linking your results back to that literature that you've talked about. And to me, that's where I find quite fascinating about a literature review, particularly once you get to your discussion part where you can say, oh, my data is actually supporting what was out there or it's different and why is it different? So all parts of a dissertation are all connected uh, and your literature review really is um, important. For me personally, it was one of the things that I didn't like doing. Um, I'm not exactly a big a big reader, much to Emma's shock and disappointment. Um, but I'm not a big reader. Um, but it is it does serve a purpose. It really is. So if you're not somebody who is motivated to do the reading, it's so vital that you do because a yeah. good literature review really will underpin a good methodology, and it'll certainly underpin a good res- uh, results and discussion section. So it is something to to be aware of. I think that's a key as well in terms of the reading is I've seen several literature reviews that don't have citations. So make sure that you are including references to the literature, because what your tutor wants to see, what your marker wants to see is that you are using that word underpin again. You're underpinning what you're talking about with references to the literature. It's really essential that you're bringing in as much literature as you can to explore those points. I think it's important that we discuss here as well that a literature review is a review of the literature. It's not a description yeah, of yeah. the literature, isn't it? You know, we get a lot of students who 
just you know oh this person said this this person said that and you provide that overview we have to be critical about that literature definitely at level six and 100 percent at level seven there's no point just describing the literature we need to be critical about that so how would we approach that but we're not my understanding it's not the generic peel structure is it that a lot of students it's not analysis it's not this no. would suggest or it could be argued it's not that it's not like a traditional academic paragraph it's more kind of drawing in that critique of studies where you might say well a study by cliff in 2005 found this however venables's 2023 study found this and some you know you're comparing the studies you're you're kind of comparing the literature analyzing the literature against each other maybe is that what you might say yeah i mean i'm glad i was publishing when i was 13 that's pretty <laughs> cool um but you know you're right yeah so it doesn't follow that standard one it's the idea of you are picking apart that research in itself so thinking about sample size we have a lot more so in, in a standard academic piece sometimes we might mention the location or the sample size um but we would do that sporadically for, for criticality that's really important however in your literature review because if you are in your study if you've only got 15 participants but actually a lot of your literature review also has around about 15 that's giving more weight to your study so we have to kind of know that information we have to pick them apart but as you said there I mean, it is also about are people agreeing are people disagreeing because again it's that literature review if we're trying to give someone a whole kind of background information on a topic we have to talk about the pros and the cons because ideally we want to do that so that when we have our discussion we can then align our results with which side of that fence is that literature sitting on or are we also agreeing with that people who agreed or is our data supporting those who who disagree yeah absolutely um so it's about being critical of the studies and how and their connections rather the, than yeah. than here's the evidence and, and this is what this suggests or this is the impact you're kind of looking at the impact looking at how they connect with each other and I think, I think what's important as well is, um, again, what a lot of students will do, they'll say this person agrees, this person disagrees, and then that's the end of that kind of discussion where what they should say is, you know, this person agrees, but this person disagrees, and they disagree potentially because they had a smaller sample size or yeah. they had whatever it might be. Um, and the other thing is, to be aware of is it's really important that as with your kind of other academic assignments you are still you've still got that clear topic sentence at the beginning of each paragraph and you're including that analysis at the end of each paragraph that draws everything together so what does the studies that you presented and the comparisons contrast connections that you've made what does it mean for the overall point so it's really important that you're still keeping that structure in mind of the opening sentence, the main body of that paragraph and the closing sentence as well. Um, don't just kind of break off on a citation and, and, and jog on to the next point. Make sure that you're kind of, you know, still creating complete paragraphs. And you hit the nail on the head there Emma, in terms of that, because a literature review and again, do check with your discipline, but mostly literature reviews will be ordered by headings and subheadings. 
Um, and a lot of students think because they have those headings in place, it's very obvious to their reader that you're moving on to a new point. Um, and it is, however, those points have to be linked in some way. So, you know, if I've, for example, there, I talked about my, my master's dissertation before, um, you know, that clear link of, if I'm talking about carbon offsetting, for example, then I have to then make that link between that and I'm now going to talk about the carbon offsetting of, of flights. I have to make that link. I have to put that sentence in there where I say something like the end of that set, section on carbon offsetting, you know, one of the major carbon offsetting schemes is that of flights. And then, oh, look, the next section then is carbon offsetting of, of flight emissions. So we're trying to make those connections and those links between the two. And that's really, really important that we don't just rely on those headings to assume that our um, our reader will will kind of do that there. Good to know. Um, obviously, the reading is the foundation of the literature review. Really important. So making sure that you're making good notes, you're you're making good notes, you're keeping that topic, that question in mind that you're exploring and you're thinking about the connections between the studies. So how do the studies connect that you're you're reading? What does this mean? What are the kind of key themes that are coming up? That's going to help you kind of identify those paragraphs. You know, what what are you going to what are you going to um, explore? Um, so good note making is going to be really useful there in helping you because there's nothing worse, as I've said many times, um, than knowing you've read something, not knowing where you've read it, having to go back, having to retrace your steps. And that can, you know, be a quick retrace or it can take, you know, a lot of time. So make sure you're keeping good notes and that you're you're kind of organising what you're reading into themes and thinking about that, that bigger structure of the literature review. And also, obviously, the wider project as well and how it fits in with, you know, if it's for your dissertation, how, how it fits in. That was a really long top tip. But it is a great top tip. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Some students, and I've been there myself, um, when you're doing a, a piece of research where you get into the literature and you find out that there's actually very little literature out there on your particular topic that you're doing. And a lot of students can kind of panic with that. It's certainly something I've come across a lot of my research has been quite quite new, you know, nuanced and not many people have talked about it before, uh, which can be obviously a good benefit for you because you've got a really nice gap there. But it can be difficult for you to then structure a lit review. But you have to remember that with a literature review, we can pull from different fields of literature. You know, we don't feel, for example, if I was in geoscience, I can then look out into other fields to see what research has been done on a similar topic and then apply that research to my research. You know, all the work in this field, it could potentially work in my field too. And that's where research is. So, you know, I particularly, I know, I, cause I had this conversation with a nurse the other day uh, where they're doing their dissertations and, you know, had some great ideas, but not much has been done on it in the particular nursing field, but a lot has been done in education. So the idea is you can look at the literature in that field and then apply it to your field. Because that's what mm -hmm. research is all about. So don't panic if, you're doing a literature review and you can't find much literature on your chosen topic in your field, go outside of that, go broad, okay? Because you're then building up that body of knowledge if you were to publish that and more people would read that and then they would replicate it. And that's kind of how research works. Absolutely, yeah. I what I would say, don't forget our team are here to, to support you in that. I think 
for, for me, I think that you can get off track very early on in a literature review if you don't plan it, if you don't have that funnel in yeah. place, because you could then read forever and a day. So if you want to talk to our team about your structures, this structure kind of makes sense to, you know, a non-discipline specific person, talk us through your ideas. You know, obviously we can't say, yes, this is what you should be following on, but we can talk through your, ide your ideas with you, have that funnel in place, but have that plan in place. I think that's really important. Don't just dive straight into 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 reading, diving straight into into writing. I think having that plan in place is, is so important. Of course, I say our team are here when you get down to that writing element to see if you've got those structures in place, do you have your references correct and that kind of stuff. So... Thank you for listening to this episode of the Skills Pod in which we've chatted about literature reviews. Hopefully um, it's been useful and has kind of made something feel calmer about approaching your own literature reviews. Um, you'll be able to hear at the end of the episode how um, if you're a University of Chester student, we can support you um, as the academic skills team. But for now. And just to say as well, like, please do get in touch if how have you found this? Please do give us some feedback. Are there any topics yeah. that you know you'd like us to cover, particularly around your dissertations? That we do have a couple of them Absolutely. coming out. Um, yeah, because we said we know a lot of people listen, so it'd be nice uh, to have some feedback there. Yes, so you can email ask at chester.ac.uk. So thank you for listening. I'm Emma, and I'm Tony. Bye. Bye bye. Hi there, if you're a University of Chester student, these are ways that you can access support from your academic skills team. You can find our online resources through our green training and skills tile tab on Moodle. You can access support via our feed forward email assistance service by emailing askatchester.ac.uk. You can send up to 750 words or three paragraphs to us and we'll provide you with written, generic and developmental feedback. You can also book a one-to-one -one appointment with our advisors from our maths and stats team and also our literacy team. You can have as many as you need throughout your academic year. And these last for around about 30 minutes. And similar to the Feed Forward service, we can offer you developmental advice and feedback on your assignments or any other issues such as referencing or planning, for example. We also offer Ask Together Skills with Friends bespoke sessions for groups with you and your course mates or some of your friends are unsure on academic skills such as referencing, paraphrasing, critical thinking, you can book a session with an advisor. You can do this via our online booking form. Ask. Supporting your success.